welcome to another episode of the Football Fignuts Podcast. This is episode number 52. Actually, it's season two. Uh, I am Craig. I'm Britt. And Britt, we're back for another week after yes. some technical difficulties. Yes. But we're here. Well, th- people don't know about the technical difficulties unless we tell them. <laughs> That's but true. We're, we're trying to upgrade some of our mics. <laughs> And we may have overspent in mic quality for what we need because the mic we have could pick up the moon with the gain turned all the way down. If you're a podcaster, you know, gain's got to be turned down, mic angles. I can stand outside Craig's house and whisper and it will pick me up in the studio. Well, at least we, we have a high quality mic. We'll yes, we just got to get used to using it. We're just, you know, as much as we love doing this and, and you've done podcasting for several years now. I'm novice to this, so I'm useless. Craig's fiddling with knobs and doing computer <laughs> assessing and, and doing, what was it, side compression? And I'm like, I have no clue. I'm going to sit here and drink a beer. That's what there I do. So. Uh, and speaking of beer, what's that green can you got there? Well, you handed me something today. So you obviously went to the store. Um, I believe I've seen this at Whole Foods. Is that where you went? Uh, it's a variety pack. It's a variety pack, but you got it from Whole Foods. Uh, yes. I no, see- no, at a different liquor store, but okay. s- this beer is in Whole Foods. Yes, I've seen several displays of it at Whole Foods. Uh, this comes from 21st Amendment Brewery. The one you've handed me is called Blah, Blah, Blah. I wish I were joking. It's called Blah, Blah, Blah Imperial IPA. It's 8% alcohol with an IBU of 65.3015. That's very precise. That is. That's an exact that's, number. That's got to mean something, right? I mean, that's got to be like the number of words in the Constitution or something <laughs> like 65,000 Something like that. I, I don't know. And but then if you look at the can, it has all the names of type of beers. Yes. And I guess they couldn't figure out what to call this. So they call it blah, called, blah, 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 blah. It's an Imperial. Uh, so I expect it to be strong. So uh, let's see. What, what have you got That's, while I open this up? Uh, I have another uh, beer by them. This one is called Brew Free or Die <laughs> IPA. It's a, a little extreme. <laughs> it is. <laughs> uh, this one is 70 IBUs, uh, 7%. Okay. Uh, it's an IPA with a solid malt backbone and hoppy flavor. How's your beer? Okay. Britt may actually see the moon now. I might. <laughs> um, it's not as hoppy as I expected from an Imperial. Imperials tend to be very hoppy. Uh, it's strong flavored, though. It's milder on the hops than I anticipated, and the back end is really mellow. Like, really mellow. Like, if you like beer that tastes like hops, like you like IPAs, but you don't want to be slapped... You don't feel like hops are being shoved up your nose. This is good. I like a hoppy beer. Mm-hmm. So this kind of falls a little, I won't say flat or short, but it's not quite what I expected. Right. But I would not say no to a second can of this. All right. What about you? What, talk, tell me about the brew free or dry. Uh, so this one, as soon as you taste it, you definitely get that malt flavor which is really, if you don't know what malt flavor tastes like, I really can't describe it. Yeah, it's on the, you know what, this this is, that's exactly what it is. It's on my, the back end of this is maltier than I thought it would be. Uh, but then the bitterness is on like the, is on the back end of, uh, of this one. Yeah, Not I mean, bad. I didn't get that much going, um, I didn't get that much hoppiness and that much bitterness on mine. And mine's supposed to be, what's your, your, your bitterness rating is what, a 70? 70. And mine is a 65 something, so... Yours should be wow, that's unusual. An imperial that's less bitter than its single IPA uh, cousin. Yeah, very unusual. So, all right. Anyway, we have too much to talk about to be babbling about beer all night. We could, <laughs> we could, we could seriously sit here all night and talk about beers. I'm sure there's four more beers in Craig's fridge I've never tried before, but we have a lot to get to because we are into our preseason rankings and preview, uh, and we're going to talk about running backs today. But first. 
we have to talk about burning hot take questions. We do. Yes. Craig, give or receive? Uh, let's stay consistent. I will uh, receive. Okay. Question the first. All right. FanDuel announced today, today being Wednesday, July 18th. Okay. FanDuel announced today a partnership with the state of New Jersey. Okay. To launch a online sports betting and internet casino in Jersey. Now, Jersey's had online gambling for, for two or three years now. Yeah. So this was just kind of a natural, like, who's going to to merit it? Does the DFS universe expand? Are more people going to play daily fantasy sports because of this partnership? Or does this really change the ability to bet on games themselves? Uh, the first half of that, I think, yes. I think people are going to try it because, you know, they'll try it because it's new. And they should listen to this podcast because they're not going to have any idea what they're doing. Um, well, I mean, they're, they're going to offer this, the sports book experience as well. So it's not okay. like this is just FanDuel integrating with what they have. Right. FanDuel is expanding its offerings to, to, to manage the online part of this for some New Jersey casinos. Um, no, but yeah, I think it, I don't think it's going to make the whole idea of it explode, but I think it's going to explosion. It's going to expand it pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah, so FanDuel already has... So here's what you got. FanDuel has the technology edge. They've never run a casino before, but now they have the technology edge. They're really just adding a new dimension to what they've already offered in terms of like uh, gaming before. Um, we've, And again, I won't get into that argument. Is DFS gambling or a game of skill? You know, FanDuel may not care anymore because now they're now essentially they the same thing. don't care. But, but up until last year, FanDuel was very clear that they consider themselves a game of skill. Now they can offer both, and now they can increase their revenue shares. So I think this is a big move, and I think um, once other states see what FanDuel is going to do in generating revenue, I think you're going to see other states make moves to do the same thing. You still have to be in New Jersey to utilize the service. This is true. So this does not affect folks in New York and Connecticut and surrounding states unless they want to enter New Jersey. Right. Once you enter New Jersey and you get you can get to some place where you have you know a New Jersey address and an, an IP you can use, sure you can do it. But both states I just mentioned, New York and Connecticut, have their own casino concerns. So they, I would be shocked if here in Connecticut we didn't see Foxwoods or Mohegan Sun make some sort of effort to launch um, similar stuff. I'm sure they're doing in house, but the matter is, is online gaming going to be illegal? And that's what we got to find out. So, uh, all right, so that good, good on that one. What do you got for me? Uh, so in the off season NFL, um, so how we're happy we're getting full-time refs. Okay. Right. There's a problem. Oh, really? Yes. Uh, because out of the leagues, uh, 17 referees, uh, four of them, uh, retired. Yeah. That includes, uh, Jeff Triplett and Ed Hockley. Yep. Uh, so that means there is going to be, so, and the other two people are Terry McCullough and Gene, uh, Stratator. Yeah, Gene Stratator. Yeah, he was the guy who was like the boring ref. He'd be like, you know, illegal motion. First, he didn't have a lot of life when he called. Right. So but he was a good um, ref. He knew so his stuff. Those four combined had 85 years of experience refing games. So 20 plus on average between the four of them. Right. Now, uh, I'm worried. I always want to know your feelings on this. Uh, now, no one is actually going to tell me a catch, what a catch is or isn't. Yeah. Do you think this is going to lead to more blown calls or confusing calls? Because I also found out, and I didn't realize this, Mike Carey retired. Like, like five years ago. Yes. 
Craig, <laughs> he, he had a stint at Fox and then stopped doing it in the time since he retired because he was not he was not a good analyst. He was not a good analyst. Well, that's not, you know, Mike Carey. So so one of the things that they judge you on when you do that kind of like, let's go to our retired referee back in New York for analysis is they want you to get it right. And Mike Carey was picking up details that other people were missing because he had like high def monitors the size of an entire wall. And so his correct prediction rate was like 30%. He was not getting good grades from Fox. And of course, your viewers are going to be like, this so-called expert they bring in isn't getting anything right. So Mark Carey got kind of unfairly maligned because he had better access to technology. He could control pictures better. And he didn't get the same thing that the guys on the field were getting. And thusly, their calls didn't match a lot. So he's not with Fox anymore. (laughs) But I think it was unfair that that's how that went for him. But yeah, he's been going for a while. RoboRef, as our friend Tom used to like to call him. By the way, hi, Deb. Hi, Deb. Um, used to used to call him RoboRef. Yeah, he, so he he's was been going for years. He was very articulate with his movements. Yes, yeah. I am worried about uh, the officiating crews coming up. Um, whenever there's been officiating strikes in different sports, when Major League Baseball had its big thing with the umps, do you remember when the entire umpire union resigned in protest and went, what are you going to do, replace us all? And Major League Baseball went, yeah, we are. And then all of a sudden, like half of them retracted their (laughs) resignations. Or when we had the umpire strike, uh, referee strike uh, in the NFL a couple years ago, there's always that concern. Now, when the baseball umps pulled their business, the college umps were ready to step up and they did in the preseason of that year. And they did okay, not good, but okay. But never forget Golden Tate's supposed catch. (laughs) With backup refs, we're one standing no further <laughs> apart from you and I are right now. You can't see, but if I reach out straight ahead and Craig reaches out straight ahead, we could probably touch each other that close. One single touchdown and one single incomplete. <laughs> Five feet away from each other, and it became a big deal. And that, if you don't remember, that was a Monday night game that broke, that was a straw that broke the camel's back. The refs were back on the field a week later. So, yes. It's a concern to me because while other sports have gotten away with it, the NFL clearly has a talent gap between its pro refs and the next level down at the college level. It's just there, and we already have problems with the pro refs. So yeah. how can we have any confidence in the guys coming in to replace these guys? Uh, Zero. I have zero. Yeah. I have no idea what it catches legally. No. No idea. Nobody does. It's a vague <laughs> rule. But all sports have vague rules. That's I mean, true. But I mean, you know, being able to rule a catch is definitely an important one. <laughs> it's a necessary part of the job. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Plus, they're also changing. I didn't read too much into it, but they're also changing special team rules. Uh, kickoffs. You can't go. No one can go out of bounds at all now. Yeah. Um, what's the other one? And you, there's another one with like they're changing how you can block on kickoffs, too. Yeah. You can't double team guys, I think, is what it was. You can't do two yeah. on one anymore. So. It's going to be interesting to see. I think we're going to see far fewer kickoff returns and punt returns for touchdowns we've seen in the years yeah. past. So yeah, those if, you said, if that sounds confusing for people, you can't go out of bounds. People would run like if I'm kicking off, people would run out of bounds and then run back in, like you know, hoping to not get blocked. And and, and, and their only thing was they couldn't be the first one to like touch. Correct. There were examples, I believe, in the 80s and 90s where people would run out of bounds almost seemingly intentionally. So for a long time, the defense for streakers. So the punting team would line up, say the punting team was Pittsburgh, and they would put two of their fastest guys on the outside. 
and the team receiving the punt would put two guys with really good blocking skills on the outside with the intention of force that guy into the sideline. Except people got wise to it, and the guys being forced out of bounds would just run out of bounds. There are literally, if you look hard enough, video examples of people running out of bounds behind the players standing there, (laughs) behind the benches, between the benches and the fans, running all the way downfield, then hopping over the bench and going back onto the field where the play is being made. So that's why they made that whole rule about you can't be the first one to touch. Right. But because it became, it became okay, so the, the solution to fast guys is to push them out of bounds. Well, the solution to getting pushed out of bounds is just to run out of bounds. And so they made up this rule to say, okay, you want to run out of bounds, you can't. And then for, the first thing they tried was you have to immediately try to reestablish in bounds. You can't run out of bounds. You have to try to come back in. So now the blockers just ran with their feet along the, the sideline yeah. and just kept you out because now you were being kept out. You couldn't get back in. So it's been this constant back and forth on special teams on how do you defend a punt. And it's been back and forth with these stupid <laughs> actions. So, yes, I, I, I have to see how it shakes out. But, I mean, the good news is special teams has never been a huge part of fantasy football um, I mean, you could make the argument that Hester changed that a little bit when he was with Chicago, but not really all that no. much. I mean, it really does. If you have defenses, it counts for defensive touchdowns. That's it. On our system, or, that's all it counts for. We don't give anything for punt yardage or punt returns. So I guess in some systems it matters, but in ours it doesn't. So I don't really care. Right. But yeah, it'll be interesting as far, from an officiating standpoint. It'll be interesting to see how things go. Don't be shocked if week three you're sitting there going, what the hell just happened? So, Okay. Question the next from me. I had a couple of them. Um, let's go with the burning the burning one. Le'Veon, okay. let's call burning hot takes. Le'Veon Bell declined to sign a contract, or I should say that the Steelers and Bell failed to negotiate a contract by the deadline on Monday. Right. Bell's only option now is to play under the franchise tag and become a free agent next year. Right. I have heard whispers that he will not show up until I think it's week four five when he absolutely has to it might even be later than that maybe week eight i have heard whispers he intends to show up for training camp does he? i have seen, heard whispers that he will literally walk through the door on the saturday before opening day and say hi coach can me a playbook i'm ready to go craig <laughs> when does Le'Veon bell show up in pittsburgh and how much of it does it color the ranking you're about to give him and show up in this year. You're talking He's about got this to season. play this year in order to become a free agent. So there is no benefit to him sitting out the whole year. Um, in my ranking, he there's two people ahead of him. He might have been now, higher if this wasn't an issue. Now, if I tell you right now, yep. he's only going to play weeks 5 through 17. So I'm play 12 games this year. All right. Does it change your ranking? Uh, I would bump him down a little bit more. Okay. Because I think that uh, that happened to Zeke. And uh, yeah. that burned a lot of people. Yes. So does this turn you off him even more in general? In general, yes, it does. It's hard just, to do. I just how really much you don't. Um, I try not to draft uh, Steelers much. It's a wise, so a wise point that's of just me. Yeah, I, I am. I have no idea when he's show up. Um, he's going to show up. He has no to. question. He has to. He wants to be a free agent. And he already released a statement saying he doesn't expect to be in Pittsburgh after this year. So in order to do that, he's got to show up. You know what up. that means? That means there is somewhere in his mind that he already knows he wants where he wants to go. Or somebody's or already whispering in his ear like, how hey, much. Yeah. 
That's what it is, because supposedly they offered him a massive contract that would make him the highest paid running back yeah, it was, um, in the NFL. Four years, 40 some million? Five years, 70 million. Five years, 70 million dollars. Yep. Oh, why can't I get offered that kind of money? <laughs> you know what? Pro sports, I said this to my wife. He's today. 26. Pro sports is the only occupation in the world where you can work your entire life to get to the top level then get paid millions of dollars and say, I'm not paid enough, so I'm not coming to work. Not get fired for not coming to work. <laughs> nope. Show up when you feel like it. You might get fined. Yes, but, but still, show up for work when you feel like it and then get more money from your competitor a year later. Yes. Blows my mind. <laughs> I'm going to tomorrow morning, I'm going to call my boss and go, listen, I don't feel you guys pay me enough. I'm not coming in until you pay me more. And I guarantee you I will get a letter separating me from employment within a week. Guarantee it. Anyway, all right, so that's a good segue. Let's talk about running backs. All righty. I have in front of me the consensus rankings for running backs. Craig, myself, and Cinch put together a list of the top 27 running backs in the league. We probably won't have time to talk about all 27. And if you need me to talk about all 27, do your own research. <laughs> um, let's start with number one. The number, number one, one running back. Yeah, number one. Tell us what's number one, Casey. Well, now I'm glad you asked. God, that was more like Ronald Reagan than Casey Casey. That okay. was. They're both dead, so it doesn't matter. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're both dead, right? Casey Casey yeah. died? Yeah, oh, yeah, he's. Oh, that was a big deal. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, his, his family's fighting over his remains. Yeah, oh, my God, that's terrible. I don't want anybody to fight over my remains when yeah. I'm dead. Just give that's me a Viking funeral. All right, we can do that. Seriously, I mean, just get the permits, put me on a raft, and <laughs> land it on fire. Anyway, okay, getting distracted today, which only Deb enjoys. Um, number one across the board for you, me, and Cinch was Todd Gurley. Yep. Let me start by saying I'm going to sound like Debbie Downer throughout this podcast because I have serious concerns about everyone in the top 10. <laughs> I can give you a good reason not to draft every single person on the list we talk about today, including Todd Gurley. Has everyone forgotten Todd Gurley's 2016 campaign? Uh, yeah, because of his campaign last year. Because he was so good last year. Everyone's forgotten his sophomore slump in 2016. Yeah, he did have under a thousand yards. He did, but he's posted a boatload of points. No, no, I mean 2016. Oh, 2016, he had, he yeah, had under a thousand yards. He had a, only six touchdowns. He had a 26 touchdowns. Six. 2016. Oh, jeez, 26. Six. I'm like, wait, what? That makes him number one across the board. Six. <laughs> um, my concern with him is that he hasn't put up two good back-to-back -back years. But I don't care. If he's on the board, I don't care when he comes up. I'm taking Todd Gurley in all formats. All formats. Yeah. On paper, the Rams are really good. Yes. <laughs> and if the Rams aren't as good as we think they are on paper, where are they going to turn? The running game. That's usually what happens. Yes. That is always what the Rams have done. So it's going to be Todd Gurley, whether it's good or bad, Todd Gurley's going to see a solid workload. Yep. So I, I I just don't... And he got his option picked up for 2019 already. He's playing on house money. So there's no reason for him not to go out there and bust his ass and just have a great year. So, you know, will he? Uh, is he going to put up like one of those like um, muscle hamster years where every other <laughs> year is a good year, but except for last That's year where it was supposed possible. to be a good year and it wasn't? We don't know. But I, Todd Gurley is number one on my list and Craigslist and Cinch's. Number two is a discussion. Oh. Number two overall on our consensus list and on my list is Le'Veon Bell. Craig and Cinch both have him at three. Here's the thing. 
He showed up late last year. He showed up the week before the season opened. The first three weeks were eh. After that, he was off the hook. Um, let me see. I'm looking at it. He had seven points in week one against Cleveland. No running back should ever have... No top-line running back should ever have seven points against Cleveland. They should have easily double digits. And... He had 27 carries for 87 yards. So do that math. That's just over three yards a carry uh, in week two against Minnesota. Now he got to 87 yards, so he got up to 12 points, but he required 27 rushing attempts to do it. That's not solid production. Then it was all gravy. After that, he was fantastic. In week three, he completely broke out. I think it was a 40-plus game. And after that, the year was pretty much just all him cruising. I have him at number two. You have him at number three. Cinch has him at number three. Are you worried? I mean, I, we think he's going to show up for week one like we, we just think discussed. Maybe. I think he will. He did last year. True. He did but last year. this is this year. year. Yes. And Adam Schefter did say there's some logic to him sitting out as long as he can to be fully healthy for 2019 after he signs a big deal somewhere else. I think he shows up for the whole year this year. And mm-hmm. if he does, is there a reason he's not top three? Um, I don't know. There's just too, just still in the back of my head. There is just too much drama in Pittsburgh. There is. And this is just part of it. And you that's what the... will get, have like a tantrum. He like won't play for three games. He'll get mad at somebody. He'll argue with the coach. Coach will argue oh, with everyone else. He's gone, man. You're okay with that. <laughs> well, don't forget his new offensive coordinator is his old quarterback's coach. who he loves. So that's a big plus, but I don't know. I think Bell's the number two and we have him at number two consensus tied with him, but behind him because (laughs) (laughs) how'd that happen oh because i have this guy at four okay tied for him but i put him at three because i use myself as the tiebreaker okay is ezekiel elliott yes people have quickly forgotten ezekiel elliott led the league in rushing in 2016 say it again rookie ezekiel elliott led the league in rushing in 2016 He was a top five back last year, despite only appearing in 12 games. No, he didn't even play in 12 games. He has six game suspension, right? Yep. And he did not miss a week other than that. So 10 games. He was still a top producer. Is there any reason to think that Ezekiel Elliott won't be epic again this year? You had him above Le'Veon Bell. I do. You're keeping him there? Uh, I'm keeping him there because, you know, as decent a quarterback as Prescott is like their main offensive weapon is Elliot. Yeah. And he's going to get the majority of the almost, well, almost all the carries when he's not, you know, on the side for a breather. Yeah. So he played 10 games last year. How many times do you think he went over 80 yards? Don't look at your screen. Um, 10 games, 80 yards. I'm going to say seven. Try nine. He had that one stinker against Denver. I think it was week three where he only had like three touches for eight yards. Because he was pissing and moaning, so they told him to take a seat. Every other game, he had 80-plus yards last year. That's a good amount of yards. And he had more than 20 touches in almost every game. That was the only game where he had single-digit touches. So they're relying on him. Like you said, he's got no more suspension hovering over him. We have not heard his name breathed in the media. So we don't no. think he's done anything to And warrant. Jerry Jones hasn't mentioned him. Jerry Jones has not mentioned how Jerry Jones dropped to Zeke Elliott. But Jerry Jones will be the first one to release a press statement if Jerry Jones thinks that Zeke Elliott may get suspended by someone other than Jerry Jones. Exactly. So I have Zeke um, at four overall myself. But yes, I am big on Zeke this year. I highly recommend him. I have no reservations 
other than we don't know what a full season workload will do to him. That's the only thing we don't know. Well, we saw that in 2016, but that was two years ago. So number four overall, David Johnson. I have concerns about David Johnson. You do? Yes. I know. David Johnson has now established an injury history. And I don't want to hear one ACL is completely different from a wrist. You don't know what the hell you're talking about. Don't quit your day job. Yeah, that's fine. You're entitled to your opinion. You're also a jackass when you think that way. Guys who get hurt often at different body parts are still getting hurt often. Some people just are injury prone. The fact that he's had an ACL and a wrist injury in two consecutive seasons and has played exactly three snaps since December of 2016 concerns the you-know-what out of me. <laughs> exactly. If he's healthy, he might be a top five back. Now, here's the other part of it. His entire offense, his entire team's changed. He's got, the Cardinals are in rebuilding. Yeah, other than Larry Fitzgerald. <laughs> Larry Fitzgerald just applied for Social Security benefits. <laughs> this team is getting older in certain areas and is really young in others and has a brand new coaching staff. Yep, and a new quarterback. Even if David is healthy all year long, he may not have the opportunities he had in the past, and that affects his numbers. So yeah. I'm watching for two. Now, I say all this. He is my number three quarterback. Personally, he's number four in our overall rankings. I have him high, but I have serious concerns about him, and I may consider drafting any of the next three guys we discuss over him. But right okay. now, that's where I've got him. What What are your thoughts on David Johnson? You yourself um, had him at, at four. three. Oh, four. Sorry, four. four. Uh, same thing. The injuries are a, a really big concern. And like you said, the other big concern is his team. Like he's, he's going to have a new rookie quarterback. You know, I couldn't tell you who like their, uh, other receiver is off the top of my head. Right. Um, their tight end just got, uh, I think he just got arrested. Oh yeah. Ricky seals just got, yeah. He yep. decided he needed to pee and push his way into a hotel. Yep. Uh, so the problem with the risk with David Johnson is that, I can see Arizona falling behind a lot, and right. then when you fall behind more than two touchdowns, uh-huh. you uh, you don't you start passing. Yeah, you don't run anymore. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So that's that's that. Um, number five is a Craig favorite. This is a twenty point scale where you can only give twenty points to the top player. Craig found a way to give twenty five points to Alvin Kamara. <laughs> um, here's my concern with Alvin Kamara. I told you, I had concerns about everybody. Sophomore slumps. Even Gurley had a sophomore slump. Do we look for the sophomore slump for Kamara? What happens when Ingram comes back if Kamara is not top of the line? Are we worried um, at all? I think if he's having issues when Ingram comes back, they just go back to the game plan they had last year. Split carries. Yeah. You, me, and Cinch all have him at five. We all have him at five overall. So we're pretty we're pretty agreed on that. I think I think it's safe to say we have three guys we're worried about sophomore slumps on this list. And they are Kamara, Hunt, and Fournette. We'll talk about that if we have time about which one. I, but I'm not wor as worried about Kamara as I am about the others. Number six is the new rookie, Saquon Barkley, New York Giants. Simple fact. The last two rushing leaders have been rookies. Period. Uh, Zeke and who else? Kareem Hunt led the league in rushing last year. Mm, right. Craig is looking at me like he's like getting really? ready to do a Google search. Yes, let me say that again. <laughs> Kareem Hunt, because he did. He, he tailed off at the end, but he had such a big lead. In total rushing yards, Kareem Hunt led the league last year. Rookies have led each of the last two seasons. That puts Saquon Barkley in a great spot. He's in a great situation in New York. They have pieces around him. Their offensive line is decent. They have a guy who they don't want throwing the ball. Okay, 
Saquon Barkley should be good for 20 touches a game, easily 80 yards a game on average. Your thoughts on Saquon uh, Barkley? At my six. thoughts, uh, I think that's a good spot for him. He's a big unknown. Like, we really don't know how. I mean, he's going to be good, but we don't know what kind of impact he's going to have on the team. And also, the last great Penn State running back was Kijana Carter. And Wrong. Uh, the last great Penn State running back was Larry Johnson from the Kansas City Chiefs, who led the league in rushing before he got injured and his career ended. So you're saying Penn State running backs are brittle. I'm saying Penn State <laughs> quarterbacks, the last one led the league in rushing one year before he got hurt. Kajana Carter hurt himself getting off the plane. Let's just be honest with that. No, no, that was a preseason game. I watched it. Okay, so, well, he probably tripped on the stairs and then got hurt formerly in the field. I'm not a big fan of the Penn State running backs in general. I mean, there's been a number of them that have just not been as good. But don't forget, those were all guys that were product of the Joe Paterno era. This guy is not. This is a new era in in Penn State. It's different. So I'm big on Barkley. If he's there, I'm taking him in the top eight or nine. Yeah, overall. He's sixth on the running back list. It puts him in the eight You would take him in the first round? No question. No question. If everyone on this list was ahead of him was gone and I needed a running back, he'd absolutely be the person I'd take. Unless the next guy was there, in which case I would stay loyal to him, which is Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt is at number seven. Here is the guy I'm most worried about with a sophomore slump is Kareem Hunt. Um, The Kansas City backfield is loaded. Spencer Ware is reportedly healthy. He has not been cleared to play, but he is reportedly healthy and will be cleared to play before training camp begins. Um, He's just, I think he's going to, and he's going to steal touches. He's going to steal catches. That being said, I think Kansas City is going to try to spread the field a ton. Never forget last year, Kansas City opened the season in New England and shocked the world because Andy Reid said, yeah, yeah, playbook from last year, chuck it in the trash. Here's what we're doing against the Pats. He changes stuff. He likes the plan, doesn't he? He loves the plan, and the more time you give him the plan, the more wild the plan becomes. And next thing you know, Alex Smith is going to be a prized free agent. That's all there is to it, folks. Alex Smith has had one super year in his career, and it was last year because Andy Reid changed the playbook every freaking week. They're going to do it again. So that helps and hurts Hunt. So I have him at seven. Um, I could see him going a little bit earlier than that. I'm going to pursue him myself because I'm a Kansas City fan, but I am worried. I am worried. Um, And even with the passing game, there's a ton of passing now. They got Sammy Watkins. They do. You know, I mean, Sammy Watkins is going to be a clear number two. He wallowed in number three-ish land out in in the Rams because Cooper Cup, they kept feeding the ball to Cooper Cup. They were forcing the ball to Cooper Cup. I had Cooper Cup. Yeah, and he (laughs) drops a lot of balls and he fails to get open, but they kept feeding him the damn ball because they think he's the future. Meanwhile, Sammy Watkins is standing in the locker room going, I'm open. (laughs) Throw me the ball. I'm open. And nobody's throwing him anything because there's just too many... Robert Woods was getting more <laughs> pass attempts than Sammy Watkins before he, had he got some big hurt. Games. He did. But we'll talk about our receivers next. Yes, week. next week. But Bob Woods was good for me last year in fantasy. So um, I have concerns about Hunt, which is why he's at seven. But honestly, he could be a top three back this year under the right circumstances. Number eight is a Craig Fave, your friend, Number my eight. friend, the heir apparent <laughs> to fragile Fred Taylor, his, Leonard Fournette, his fragile Fournette. <laughs> It's fragile Fournette. His ankles are made out of paper mache. <laughs> Here's the thing. When Leonard Fournette is on the field, he's amazing. He missed, I'm looking at it right now, three games last year. Yep. 
Yes, he missed three games, but he was questionable like 10 weeks. And that's I not think a he joke. was questionable every week he played. Virtually every week he played, he was questionable, and it just wasn't good. No, it's all up to Blake Bortles at that point. Which they're moving away from. I don't know if you saw the news, but CBS Sports did a whole thing on Leonard Fournette's season outlook, and they're bumping him up because the moves the Jaguars made, and this was the best thing. They're like, the Jaguars have made run-heavy moves and never told me what any of the moves were. <laughs> I read it's the article. Be their offensive line. Right. Their article was like, this is totally Leonard Fournette's year if he can stay healthy. The Jaguars have made moves to bolster the run game. What moves? They added six linemen. They got rid of their wide receivers. <laughs> They're Blake, going to double tight end sets. Blake Bortles' <laughs> playbook on his arm literally reads, hand to Fournette. I mean, what does that mean? But they just kept saying, no, it's all set up for the run. And now I sound like some sort of bargain basement Hulk Hogan. But th- I'm reading this article and I'm like, can you give me some details? Nope. What is, you know, it's like, you know, I know I don't, we try not to get political, but it's like our, our, politics nowadays, our, our politicians all the time say, oh, trust me, I know that X is true. Can you tell me how you know? Nope. Nope. X is Can't true. X is true. Halo is the greatest video game of all time. Believe me. (laughs) Well, what if I told you Legends of Zelda? Nope. Fake news. Halo is the greatest (laughs) game of all time. That's all there is to it. There's no backup. So that was my issue with it. So I'm reading this article. This was today. I'm reading this article on Fournette because I want to be able to talk about Leonard Fournette. And all I keep reading is Jacksonville has bulked up. Jacksonville has done this. Jacksonville has run heavy. Jacksonville's moving away from Bortles throwing so many times. How? How? Why? (laughs) How? Have you seen something in training camp? Is Bortles taking fewer reps? Is Bortles practicing more handoff play? What have you seen? No details. No. But everyone expects... And by everyone, I say CBS. There we go. There's another play. Everyone knows. No. CBS Sports is telling me like crazy to expect a heavy run load for Leonard Fournette as long as he's healthy. Craig, what do you yeah. make of all this? Um, I don't know. The Jaguars, they're, uh, they're, uh, they're a big question mark because when they're, when they're functioning well, they're a pretty good team. Yes. And then like somebody trips over a blade of grass and then it all goes to hell. Yes. So, oh yeah. I don't, the receiving cores have changed. Allen Robinson's gone. I mean, I don't know how much I can, ex- I mean, if you want to say that, but I mean, the article didn't even say that the wide receivers have changed. Didn't even say that. So I don't know. So CBS sports give better detail when you're asking me to believe something. Can you give me some backup on it? Something, you know, other than just oh, say then, everybody uh, knows. Uh, really quick, Deb, if yeah. you if you caught the playbook on his arm thing, the quarterbacks actually do have plays on their arms. Yeah, they have these little wristbands that usually have like a notebooks. flap in them that have play calls because it's easier to call in by code and then have him translate it on the field than for him to say, you want to line up with three wide receivers on the right side and two running backs behind you in an I formation. You're going to bo- dodge left while the line dodges right and bootleg. It's just easier to say 25 L center right. <laughs> And then him go, oh, 25 L center right. Oh, my, my clipboard says here's, here's where I go. Yeah. It's uh, just they, also have, they also have microphones in their uh, helmets. Yes. But again, they only get a period of time. They only get like 20 seconds of call in place. Yes. You know, so. All right, moving on. So Leonard Fournette, I, if Leonard Fournette's on the field, he's got top five possibilities. Period, right? He at does. One point, but let, it's always a question mark because he right. may get hurt. The question is, will he be on the field? Okay. Number nine on our list is Delvin Cook. Um, I have him a little lower. Cinch has him pretty high because Cinch has him as has his rights to keep him this year. So I'm sure Cinch is hoping Dalvin <laughs> Cook is okay. Um, the ACL injury coming back from the ACL is always a question mark. So that's my question with him. 
However, I would point out that if you talk about his touches, yardage per game, and I think it was receptions per game, last year, before he got hurt, he was better than both McCoy and Carlos Hyde. Was he? Yes. Going into that injury, before he got injured, he was on pace to be ahead of them in both. Do you have to see Dalvin Cook come back, or are you ready to draft Dalvin uh, Cook? No. I have him at nine. I have him uh you have uh, lower than either of us. I do. I do. Uh, because, you know, again, with a knee injury and a running back, like I need to see them play. Fair enough. Fair enough. Again, it's a, it's a really big injury for a running back, and it's always going to be in the back of your head. And that first time that someone – now, again, go back to the David Johnson thing. Yes, I know you can jump out of a pool. Right. That's great. But there aren't three 260-plus-pound guys trying right. to make you part of the ground. Right. So that's really going to affect you. Right. And everyone knows that you got hurt. And let me just tell you something. They know you hurt your knee. They're not going to try to not hit your knee. No. They so. know that's your weak spot. What they're going to try to make you do is if they can't get you in the knee, they can try to make you plant and, and pivot. Yeah. Remember, that was Barry Sanders. Is like Barry Sanders, one of my favorite running backs of all time. Was Barry Sanders a power back that could break tackles? Not really. He was, he was elusive. But Barry Sanders could plant one foot and in a heartbeat, completely shift his momentum in the opposite direction. Yep. Guys with bad knees can't do that. No. Guys with bad knees can't do that. And that's the question. We need to see Dalvin Cook. Now, that being said, after these guys, I'm willing to take a risk on him. But uh, rounding out our top 10 is a guy I would definitely take Dalvin Cook before, and that is Melvin Gordon. (laughs) Let me just tell you. Melvin Gordon was good a couple of years ago. (laughs) Well, Melvin Gordon finally played a full season last year. There's that, too. (laughs) Which was huge. Um, He's a big-time PPR threat. He does not break 100 yards a lot. So if you have a 100-yard rushing league, he's not as ideal as you think. But if you have a PPR, he catches a lot of passes. He does. There were weeks last year where he only had 45 yards rushing, but he had five catches for 60 yards. And all of a sudden, boom, he's got a big week on his hand because he's a PPR. Even a half point, that's like 13 points. And that I don't think that's going to change. Um, da, 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 da. He had seven straight games to end the season last year with at least double digits in a PPR. So, I mean, that's that's pretty pretty good. And we all know that San Diego came on hot near the end of the year. So I have him at 10. Um, we, well, I'm sorry, we have him at 10 as a consensus. So I know we're running a little short on time. And I got to be honest, the bathroom is calling me. So let's go over like 11 through 20 really quick. Sure. So at 11, I've got Devontae Freeman who I think is suffering from the fact that uh, Atlanta had a bad year last year and Tevin Coleman is just kind of waiting in the wings. Mm-hmm. Number 12, we had Christian McCaffrey. I don't know what to make of Christian McCaffrey. If you're in a PPR league, it's a good option. Is he, though? Kelvin Benjamin's gone now for a full season. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Is he going to be more keyed in on? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But at least we'll you know he can catch. You're not going to get like 1,200 yards out of him. But I would take him over Jordan Howard, who's my number 13. I'll say this. I expect Chicago to be better this year. I really do. And maybe that's the Kansas City homer in me because Matt Nagy's <laughs> there. But I think Chicago is going to be better. The NFC North is going to be a very interesting division because Minnesota was good last year and Green Bay was good last year until Rodgers got hurt. And the other two teams in the division added new coaches that have significantly different philosophies in their process. You're yep. going to see a lot more offense out of the um the Chicago Bears and you're gonna see a lot more defense out of the Detroit Lions and I think it's gonna be an interesting division so I, I'm not sleeping Jordan Howard he's a solid number two for me I would not be afraid to reach down for him 
Uh, I'm skipping our number four consensus, which is LaShawn McCoy, because we're pretty sure he's in trouble. Um, for those of you who have not heard, he is in the center of a controversy of domestic violence. Uh, I don't believe charges have been filed, but he has secured a high-profile lawyer, the same person who defended Ray Lewis against um, murder charges. So there's that. I would probably skip him for number 15, Joe Mixon. I had Joe Mixon <laughs> last Joe year. Mixon. I like Joe Brent Mixon. Is in charge of the Joe Mixon train. I, I, He's driving the train. I am the engineer of the <laughs> Joe Mixon train. Joe Mixon is... I, I won't take him over guys. I wouldn't take him over Jordan Howard. I would definitely take him over to Christian McCaffrey. I would not take him over Devontae Freeman. Devontae Freeman's my homeboy. I'll, I'll go pick up that guy at 3 a.m. if he's drunk at the club. I, I just he he was fantastic for me last year. So Joe Mixon was OK, but I think he's going to be good. And I've liked him a lot better than number 16, Jarek McKinnon. Jarek McKinnon oh, he has, wasn't even on my list. He has one good year in freaking Minnesota <laughs> because Dalvin Cook dies. And now he signs in San Francisco who couldn't win a three legged sack race. With Jimmy Garoppolo coming in and going, all right, guys, I've been here for three games. Let's win a title. Break. <laughs> and now he's going to be the freaking break hole. He's going so high. He's going third round in some in some mocks I've seen. No wow. way. Fifth, sixth round. Now, if he's sitting there, we have him consensus ranked at 16. If he's sitting there, consensus is 16, go right ahead. But I am not moving up for Jericho. So McKinnon. he's not going to be your number two is what you're saying. Frick no. <laughs> no. And now we get into the area of places. This is the area of people that we don't trust at all. Jay Ajayi at 17. Jay Ajayi has three bad knees. He's apparently related to Terry Allen. So um, there's that. 18, Ty Montgomery. I don't know what's going on in the Green Bay backfield. No one does. I never thought I'd see a day where I could say the most consistent running back in the Green Bay's past five season was Eddie Lacy. But that's where we're at. I have no idea what's happening in the Green Bay backfield. 19, Alex Collins. We're in reach mode here. Alex Collins in Baltimore is going to be really great or really non-factor. Yeah. Just like Joe Flacco himself. Pretty Joe much. Flacco is for two points or 20. There is nothing you in between. You never know. <laughs> you never know. Does that make him a DFS or best ball grab? Alex Collins is a great best ball bat. Yes, grab. definitely. But no. And then number 20 is Mark Ingram because he's suspended yeah, and so. will be back eventually. Of those guys, all right, 11 through 20, you've got to pick one to be your number two, Craig. 11 through 20. Uh, let's look at this really quick. While Craig's looking um, at that, I'm going to run you through a couple more. 21, we got Kenyon Drake. 22, Amir Abdullah, who I didn't know was still in the league. 23 is Rashad Penny, because a lot of people don't know what's going on there in Seattle. 24 is Deion Lewis, because, again, nobody knows what's going on in Tennessee. And 25 is Darius Geis, because no one knows what's going on in Washington. So once you get down past 20, it's all about who do you think is going to carry the workload there. So let's focus uh, on that 11 say, through 20. I want to say Jordan Howard. Really? Okay. So you take Jordan Howard over like a Devontae Freeman? Yeah. And over a Christian McCaffrey? You were big on McCaffrey last year. I was, but it, again, it's his PPR numbers are great, but it's, it's very inconsistent. Yeah. See, I would still go with Devontae Freeman. I think the Tevin Coleman rising is overrated right now, and I think Atlanta's going to have a good year. I think Atlanta's going to bounce back this year. I don't know. I, I don't think they're going to rely on the traditional weapons. I think you're going to see a lot more than Julio Jones and whatnot in that that offense. All right, so that's our quick running back preview. Craig, final thoughts. Um, final thoughts. I know everyone is getting really into you know mock drafts. Uh, if you never done them before, I would say just sign up for one and Do try them. it out. Do them. If you get into one that moves quickly, you know, like some 30 people hate mock timers, drafts, but how you know. can you hate mock drafts? It's the best preparation tool out there. 
The only thing better listen than listening to us is doing mock drafts. I'll agree to that statement. So my last uh, tidbit is uh, stick with us. We have w- uh, wide receivers next week. Um, and we are working on upgrading our mic situation so that we can have a three-man booth so we can have some guests join us. But uh, as always, if you have some feedback, at FignutsDFS on Twitter, give us a Twitter follow. If you have a question for the podcast, uh, FignutsDFS at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, And always leave us a review on iTunes. Oh, I have to send a shout-out to Greg Hodges. My old friend from the Bridgeport Bluefish was up last week. And he is starting to listen to the podcast because I manually installed it on his phone <laughs> and told him he needed to start listening. Uh, so heads up to Greg. Greg, I hope you enjoyed the running back preview. We hope to see you in Connecticut really soon. Great time with him at Two Roads the other night. I'll tell you the story off the air because I can't tell it on. So, all right. Bathroom's calling. Bathroom break time for Britt. So we will see you next week. I am Britt. I'm Craig. We are the Football Fignuts Podcast. <laughs>